0: Hello, this is the president. Hello, this is the president of the United States. Who is this? Is it you again?
1: Look behind you.
0: This is my private line. How did you get through? They're everywhere. All the time. We see them every day. But you have to look behind you. There is nothing behind me. How did you get this number? The spaceman told me space man it doesn't matter I'm telling you about monsters please you must look behind you young lady there are no monsters in the Oval Office the loudspeaker spoke up and said wait Jimmy." the loudspeaker spoke up and said the loudspeaker spoke up and said give up give up give up
2: Lewis, and this is Ground Zero. The numbers call tonight, 503-225-0860, that's 503-225-0860, or 866-536-7469, that's toll-free anywhere in the country, 866-536-7469. So again, synchronicity is important to talk about, and timing is everything when you are talking about various subjects that are in the margins. And last night, I talked about the attacks on power stations, substations across the country, and uh, I speculated about how the legacy system of getting power to our homes is under the threat of being replaced or changed in order to guarantee a zero-emissions power source. Now... Technocrats have said to us that our greener future will have to consist of solar, wind, and nuclear power that will be clean and renewable. And I had a guest on last night, David Tice. And uh, when I brought up the possibility of breaking our legacy system to make way for a new one, he was reluctant to talk about it because he says, Well, it sounds like a conspiracy theory. And then he joked later, He says, We'll give it six months and maybe I'll be right or whatever. I just thought it was funny. But It didn't take six months. It took a day because scientists now claim that they have found what they call the holy grail in the quest for cleaner energy. Now, it was announced today that the U.S. government, government scientists have made a breakthrough in the pursuit of limitless zero-carbon power by achieving a net energy gain in a fusion reaction for the first time. The... Federal Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in California, which uses a process they call inertial confinement fusion. It involves basically what they do is they bombard a tiny pellet of hydrogen plasma with the world's biggest laser. And what that does is, well, they've achieved what is called net energy gain in a fusion experiment. And they've been doing this now, according to announcement today, they've been doing it for the past two weeks. And now the fusion reaction at this facility has actually produced about 2.5 megajoules of energy, which is about 120% of the 2.1 megajoules of energy in the lasers. So the people with knowledge of the results said that this is, they were saying there's more data that needs to be analyzed in this situation. And um, if you want to get all science fiction, if you want to... Think about, like, for example, Dr. Otto Gunther Octavius, or Octavius, uh, of course, Doc Ock from Spider-Man. He said in Spider-Man 2, he said, well, it's like having the sun in the palm of your hand. As a matter of fact, there have been many science fiction movies that have shown us a bit of predictive programming, as has been featured in movies like Iron Man, Godzilla vs. Kong, Batman. See, in Spider-Man, No Way Home, the Arc Reactor, originally developed by Tony Stark in the Iron Man movies, was also a fusion device that was refined a few times. And then the ARC reactor, that was pretty cool. But then it's interesting to note that there was a size difference between Doc Ock's larger invention. So taking Stark's design and trying to make it better, yeah, both movie creations, they're they're much smaller than the current experimental fusion devices that we hear about out of Livermore. So, the comparison highlights how reactor technology can differ. Now, while most fusion devices require cooling, and that cooling has to be uh, close to absolute zero, companies like Takamak Energy in the United Kingdom, as well as a venture between Commonwealth Fusion Systems and MIT, You've got Livermore Labs also with their version. It uses similar technology developing magnets that operate at a slightly higher temperature. So it's kind of like CERN on steroids, except they're not looking for particles. They're trying to create particle fusion to create energy and light. So you have energy that has to be cooled, and energy is saved, though, from, a lot, from using a lot less cooling, so you can make the reactors smaller than those that require cooling to near absolute zero. Constantly, you know, minimizing the reactors to have more efficiency. So much like other technologies that use radioactive material, the remote operation is required in fusion research now. And in some areas, robotic arms are used. I mean, like you know, remember in, Star, uh, in uh, Spider-Man Two, Doc Ock had those arms, and I mean, they, they don't look like octopus arms, of course. They they are robotic arms that are developed to handle the radioactive uh, tritium and uh, the hydrogen and all this. So robotic arms, you'd see in a car assembly line, are technically uh, pushing this fusion. The fusion industry is right now utilizing or they're keen to utilize development in robotics as well, and in some instances, A.I., it's driving forward innovations in robotics as well. So you see AI, robotics, fusion, all of it. Come, I mean, if you remember the movie Batman, The Dark Knight, or The Dark Knight Rises, in that film, Wayne Enterprises had this fusion reactor, uh, this fusion reactor that, that was meant to supply Gotham City with a source of clean energy. So the reactor was weaponized when Talia, this, this character Talia and the League of Shadows, planned to hold the city hostage before destroying it. Bane and the League of Men, or the League Men, kidnapped Dr. Leonid Pavel to have him turn the reactor into a bomb, and it became a time bomb when the core was removed from the reactor. So the remote trigger to detonate the bomb was in the possession of Talia and the League of Men, drove the bomb around the city in an armored truck until the ultimate defeat of Batman. In Godzilla vs. Kong scientists actually are searching for a power source by going into hollow earth. And again, this is another plot line, another plot line from a science fiction film that was recently out. Of course, the latest science fiction craze was talking about this fusion. Again, predictive programming. So these ideas are not as new as we think. I mean, we can go, we go way back. There are plenty of other TV shows and movies we can talk about how this type of fusion power was actually being handed over to us from aliens as a matter of fact which again you listen to people like dr stephen greer and others they talk about how the aliens are going to give us this information on a power source that that it it will go on forever it's eternal 503-225-0860 or 866-536-7469 i'm Clegg lewis you're listening to ground zero and we'll be back listening to Ground Zero, I'm Clegg Lewis. The numbers to call tonight, 503-225-0860 or 866-536-7469. You know, I always think to myself that we live in clown world. And uh, the reason why is because our political priorities always shadow science. The, The politics give lip service to science. They did that with COVID. They're doing it with climate change. And yet the technocrats tell us, well, we need to listen to the science. They always tell you. Listen to the science. That's all nonsense because science has been hijacked for political gain. I mean, trust the science, we were told. And yet today's announcement, believe it or not, while everybody, a lot of people know about it already because they were talking about it last night, it's been buried in the headlines today. I'm not saying that it hasn't been reported, don't get me wrong, but it's not at the top of the story list and it should be. And I'm very uh, suspect of this. I mean, I think that this would somehow shut down stories about climate crisis because this would mean the answer to zero emissions this scientific discovery of fusion at Lawrence Livermore Labs. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's not getting all that much press, even though it was certainly, they say that it was certainly the inspiration of uh, Joe Biden. Yeah, okay. And that it will certainly offer jobs that are diverse, uh, jobs of diversity, okay. And that it's the holy grail as opposed to the God particle. I mean, using all of this uh, religious. Verbiage is is something that's a little uncomfortable. But here we are. Here we are now in 2022 with science moving universes, or at least they're making new fusion. And the headline of the day is Biden's same-sex marriage law. And January 6th committee will be releasing a full report on criminal referrals next week because of the January 6th riots. These are the things that for some reason are more interesting than a scientific finding that, like I said, they could move the universe, open up portals, have warp drive, uh, just go down the list of things that this could lead to. It's all buried. I mean, if this is some breakthrough tech, it's been buried in the politically correct news cycle. And so it makes you wonder, well, is it all that? I mean, or here's the thing, is it too scientific for the media to talk about? And so The listeners kind of, or the watchers kind of have this glazed over look in their faces going, I don't know, I don't get it, so I don't want to listen to it. But see, like I said, the labs are calling it a holy grail. It kind of gives it an alchemical sound to it. It's like it's a a Jesus discovery. Come to Jesus discovery. And it'll be a boon to jobs. That there will be inclusivity. That this discovery is all about inclusivity and and equal equality and I don't know what else to talk about. Joe Biden is the inspiration, they say. I mean, uh, but see, do you think it deserves this kind of attention or do you think that they're doing the right thing by saying, eh, whatever? I don't think they should go whatever. I think that they should, you know, talk more about it, teach people about it, have them learn about what this might mean. But I guess they leave that up to the conspiracy theorists and, you know, those who have, read the science fiction comic books or have watched the science fiction movies that predicted or at least gave some predictive programming as to what it would be like. You know, it's, of course, outrageous, like Iron Man having it in his chest or, you know, Batman and Bane or Bane taking a uh, an unlimited energy machine and turning it into a nuclear reactor. But I mean, th- these are modern films that have been producing this type of theme recently, but you can go back to The Twilight Zone Go back to the Twilight Zone, where uh, the Kanamit, the Kanamit aliens, in the episode "To Serve Man." Remember that that episode? Alien race. They come in. They show up quite uninvited. They meet with international leaders, and they begin to uh, these leaders begin to be persuaded by the Kanamits, because, well, they're benevolent and they have advanced technology, which puts the end to hunger and energy shortages and the arms race, and even further. Even further, we, we go to um, a movie that I've talked about before, film made in 1920 in Germany. It's called Gol, which, of course, is the demon-winking star. But Algol, tragedy of power, uh, the, the silent film, dealt with the topic of aliens giving an average man technology that would give unlimited power to Earth. If you remember, this film predated Hitler and, and his scientists that claimed that they had what is known as the Vril power that would eventually lead to the construction of the Glocka or the Bell It was used, well, it was supposed to be a secret technology that would power up the Wunderweapons, uh, like the so-called phantom machines, the saucers. If uh, you believe in Nazi saucers, I find Nazi saucers would be very compelling. But alien and UFO authors like Stephen Greer and others, they believe that aliens... Are benevolent and they want to share with us technology such as what they've discovered at Livermore. And so people like Stephen Greer say, "Well, the aliens aren't a threat. They're not. They're not a threat. If they, if they give us everything we want, why would we look at them as a threat? I mean, if they feed us with uh, you know plentiful food, if they uh, get rid of diseases, if they give us the." the power to have infinite energy, if they give us information we want to hear, then certainly they're not a threat to us, right?
1: That's
2: why I, I I don't know, I, I, I just have a hard time with that kind of thought. It's like aliens as saviors is not my idea of aliens. Aliens are not a substitute for good spirituality, whether you follow Islam or Judaism or even Christianity or Buddhism, or whatever you follow, just aliens are not an excuse to change your spirituality. Many people will do that. There are a lot of alien cults out there, granted. But if they were to give us technology that guarantees an unlimited resource for energy, that would change the planet, wouldn't it? Well, they didn't do it. They're doing it at Lawrence Livermore now. So what's the point of the aliens keeping all the information from us with regard to you know, eternal energy sources? The algol story about alien technology being handed over to a man from an alien may be a metaphor that needs to be heated now. Or not? I don't know. I mean, look, it's a very chilling coincidence that algorithms, algorithms were named after the technology that was given from an alien to a man in an old science fiction movie, algo. And then, of course, we have artificial intelligence. It's now taking over the world. It's, It's not about to. It's not going to. It's not waiting to. It's taking over the world. Artificial intelligence is now morphing into a tool for augmenting reality, and we have bots that function without human permission. They're now speaking to us in social media. The media parrots what it reads. The humans accept it as reality, and it may not even be reality. So the algorithm is running everything. The algorithms are the new authority. Uh, The pervasiveness of algorithms, that can be called the new evil. And the power behind the algorithms, the power behind AI, AI working in tandem with this unlimited power—what could go wrong? What could go wrong? This AI is—it's the, the, all over. It's ubiquitous, and it's so so much so that that we are seeing around us things that don't even seem real. It's surreal. It's hyper reality. It's hyper real. It's becoming harder. To define reality, it's harder to detect what is reality and what is forgery, and and people are allowing themselves to be misled by clever bots and artificial intelligence. And now, we have the promise of unlimited energy. Sort of. I mean, it's not like they're going to put it into play tomorrow. It's going to take several decades for this to happen, but the question is, how are they going to be able to do that, though? How are they going to be able to take those pressures and the heat and the light and everything that? Does this. How are they going to be able to distribute it evenly and all that they're claiming they can do? They're claiming that it's all going to be inclusive and everyone's going to be happy and this is the biggest invention in the world. And yet we're talking about same-sex marriage on the news. It's it's insane. <laughs> I mean, it's not like that's not an important subject. It is an important subject for a lot of people out there. And I'm happy for them. But the problem here is is that we seem to have the most political expedient things happening lately that make no sense. And then, when we have this major announcement, it should be everywhere. That's why I suspect something isn't right about this. 503 225 860 or 866 536 7469. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back.
3: Your liberation. Identify yourself to the world. Dr. Leonard Pavel,
0: <laughs> nuclear physicist.
4: Researchers at Livermore and around the world have been working on this moment for more than 60 years.
5: Today, you will witness the birth of a new fusion-based energy source. Safe, renewable energy and cheap electricity for everyone.
4: Two things. First, it strengthens our national security. Ignition allows us to replicate, for the first time, certain conditions that are found only in the stars and the sun.
5: What's a Type 0 civilization and are we near being a Type 1 in your view? We physicists rank civilizations not by politicians and great men and great leaders. We rank them by energy. A type one civilization has mastered planetary energy. All the energy of the sun that falls on the planet. The weather, earthquakes,
4: volcanoes, they they play with hurricanes. That's type one, like Buck Rogers or Flash Gordon. And the second thing it does, of course, is that this milestone moves us one significant step closer to the possibility of zero-carbon, abundant fusion energy powering our society. Are you
5: sure you could stabilize the fusion reaction? Peter, what have we been talking about for the last hour and a half? This is my life's work. I certainly know the consequences of the slightest miscalculation.
0: what? What is this? It's a fully prime neutron bomb? Last of
3: six, six miles. And who is capable of disarming such a device? Only me. Or do you?
0: Thank you, good doctor.
5: Rosie, our new friend thinks I'm going to blow up the city. You can sleep soundly tonight.
4: Otto's done his homework. Come to the demonstration tomorrow and you'll see for yourself. If we can advance fusion energy, We could use it to produce clean electricity, uh, transportation fuels, power-heavy industry, so much more. It would be like adding um, a power drill to our toolbox in building this clean energy economy.
5: The power of the sun in the palm
4: of my hand.
2: I'm Clyde Lewis. You are listening to Ground Zero. A major announcement from Livermore Labs today, they have managed to, with nuclear fusion, they've managed to create, or at least they have the potential of creating, an infinite energy source that will burn clean as their quest goes on for zero emissions and that this will definitely solve the problem. Problem I'm having, though, is that I look at the major networks and they're not saying much about it. They say they report it, but it's like there are other things that are getting in the way of of all this. And I, I just wonder why they've just decided to kind of bury it a bit. I mean, like three or four stories down. And I just wonder if uh, this is getting people saying, well, then why do we have to plan for climate change if they've got something that's going to eliminate zero carbon emissions or create zero carbon emissions? I don't get it. All right, Ryan Gable from Secret Teachings is on the line. I wanted to get his thoughts on this. What's up, Ryan?
6: Yeah, Clyde, I was thinking that we talked about the Kardashev scale, and it was in your montage there. Yeah. And if this really is the kind of advanced achievement that it should be, or at least maybe the media is not talking about it for some politically motivated reason, but if it is this big advancement, I mean, this essentially moves us theoretically from a type 1 to a type 2 civilization harnessing the power of a star And yet, as I sent you this article yesterday, the mainstream media is saying that doesn't mean we can forget about climate change. That doesn't mean we can forget about solar and wind energy, et cetera. And when you couple that with the fact that the uh, Department of Energy's press conference today was all about how Joe Biden was behind this advancement, he invested the money, and how they want to employ this technology over the next few decades with uh, equitable and diverse and inclusive means – It's almost as if this idea of limitless fusion generated energy with no essentially negative consequences, no radiation, no carbon emissions, et cetera, is kind of being used as a form of propaganda to rejuvenate us uh, into looking into more of the Green New Deal types of things like reinvesting in climate change with the promise that at some point in the near future we're going to have the flying car we're going to have the fusion technology does that make sense what do you think about yeah that?
2: yeah I, I was thinking the other day too i mean think about this uh the helium that they need in order to generate this power where are they going to get it we, we we are at a loss for helium they're going to have to this is the reason why they have to go to the moon because they have to somehow find a way to mine helium three and bring it back so that we can have this fusion So you know this is how it's supposed. Otherwise, it's not going to go anywhere, and that's why I worry that at first they made it sound like they have this uh, reactor that's now pumping out this energy. But no, they only did it for about 17 minutes, and it's enough energy to boil some water, pretty much.
6: And uh, the the, yeah, well, this the Chinese did this. It was 17 minutes of a fusion, sustained fusion reaction. That was back in like late. 2021, early 2022. Yeah. So this, I think is technically the second time that scientists have been able to achieve this kind of, well, they say it's the first
2: time ever. And remember, if you watch the press conference, they say this is the first time ever it's been done. Although I thought China already had their second son and they were already experimenting with stuff like this. So I don't know. Like you say, it's propaganda. Huh?
6: Since 2006, they've been doing this for almost two decades in China.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, it's it's a new race. It's been a long time. It, it's a new race. It's like the space race. Now it's the nuclear fusion race. But see, this is the thing: if it's a nuclear fusion race, what we're looking at is perhaps even proliferation, if that's possible. I mean, I don't know what the uh, I don't know what the uh, uh, fissile material is going to be from this. I hear there's no waste, so I don't know if there's anything to build from it or anything to take from it but it just seems to me that it can be weaponized if it's created it can be weaponized and again you know we're going to get this this new programming and brainwashing from this film that's coming out called oppenheimer where they're talking about nuclear fission again that you know these breakthroughs it's becoming a nuclear world once again where nuclear wars casualties will be accepted all for the greater good of creating this eternal flame of energy from fusion
6: yeah, and there's a there's a really great video game that I like to play called Fallout. Fallout number four, uh, that's kind of the storyline in the game. This unlimited nuclear technology allows humanity to develop these incredible technologies, but once resources run out, it basically devol- the world devolves into all-out nuclear war. A couple other things real quick. The G20 uh, Bali agreement has a section in it, I think it's point 11, which says the exact same thing as the Energy part- uh, U.S. Energy Department said today. And that is we need just sustainable, equitable energy. So they're using the same political talking point. Right. Um, the one thing I think is really important is what you said about the Holy Grail. They call this the Holy Grail. We had a gentleman in um, uh, on Mount Sinai recently smash the Ten Commandments of Climate Change. And then we had a shrine, to co- literally a shrine to COVID-19, which was burned to the ground in Warwickshire a couple of months ago. And you have this, you know, this parallel between the pandemic and climate change. Uh, you have a zero COVID policy and a zero emission policy. So you get this weird uh, religious, mystical component to it. And yeah. then, as you brought up, the to serve man, the aliens gave the UN that technology specifically to do two things to fight climatic issues, which was the desertification of the planet, and to fight disease. So that is a very predictive. Uh, piece of programming in that mm-hmm. Twilight Zone episode, and it locks in, 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 you know, exactly with what we see right. today from again the Holy Grail of fusion, right, uh, to the zero uh, COVID policy and the pandemic. And you go
2: back to that 1920 German film where an alien comes down named Algol and hands a piece of technology to a man and tells him it's eternal, it's an eternal source of energy, and any man that possesses it will rule the world. So. We need to keep our eye on that. Ryan, thank you so much. You're going to be on the Secret Teachings tonight. You're going to be following up this show that we're doing tonight at 10 o'clock on groundzero.radio. Thank you so much for calling in, Ryan.
6: Thank you, Clyde. Bye bye. Bye bye.
2: All right. More calls coming up as well 503 225 0860 or toll free 866 536 7469. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. Five zero eight sixty or 866-536-7469. We now go to Dave in Arizona. Hey Dave, you're on ground zero.
7: Hey Clyde, how's it going tonight? It's going well. Um, I thought it was a, quite an interesting synchronicity. You were talking about the issue with the power stations being sabotaged last night, mm-hmm. and then lo and behold, all of a sudden now Jen- Jennifer Granholm is talking about our our path towards zero carbon emissions with this fusion uh, power. Right. And, uh, and, and it also reminded me of how, uh, Tesla had his, uh, it, his energy emitter that it was going to supply free and limitless energy to everybody.
2: Right. Grabbing, and, grabbing uh, energy from thin air, basically, uh, being able to just grab it out of thin air and not have wires or anything to complicate matters.
7: And it may, and it may have been completely feasible. We'll never really know for sure. Right. Right. But, but no nobody's, Nobody's going nobody's gonna to let anyone have that kind of limitless energy for free. It's well, going to come at a cost. Yeah, that's, that's true. And that again,
2: again, we go back to the idea that the technocrats are going to have that power. They want to uh, nationalize or make it world central. So they're going to have that power. They're going to distribute that power, and they say they're going to distribute it evenly. But no, they can control it. They can take it away. And not only that, but you look at what that, that uh, would uh, entail if we are uh, – it's like – It's like was said earlier when we were talking about the Kardashev scale and how we are as a civilization. If it be that we have Mm -hmm. the power of the sun, we've now updated our civilization. And what's funny about that is that in every science fiction scenario, whenever we've upped the ante about uh, the nuclear fusion and uh, being able to have this type of technology, it's been nothing more than uh, chum for aliens to show up. That's the thing that's interesting about that, is that this type of energy attracts aliens.
7: The other thing, too, is that there's never been a technology invented that I can think of. I mean, if I'm wrong, so be it. But there's never been a technology like that that's been invented that somebody somewhere hasn't said, how can we make this into a weapon? Um, Uh, Yeah. And, you know, and and of Mm -hmm. course, you know, you've got things like CERN going on and people playing around with the the power of the sun, and it's like, Mm, well see this
2: makes well this makes cern i mean what (laughs) i I think cern has the power and i could be wrong maybe i can be corrected here it's a quark cannon so it has the power to uh create the power i think of a quasar maybe less i don't know but uh they're using magnets to do that and they say that the power or they deny the power is enough to create wormholes or portals But see, the future then would have to be that perhaps we're going to make an artificial wormhole somewhere and we'll be able to get power from that. And that's what scares me is that, okay? so we've now got this unlimited power coming from lasers and hydrogen. So what are we going to do next? We can find a way to create a a black hole that's not going to swallow the planet, a stable black hole. (laughs) That's that's what I worry about. I mean, that's how mad science has been,
7: you know. It's, you know what, it's worth mentioning because they don't think about those things. Those things are always on the periphery. They're like, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah we got it, we got it. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if I was to come to you and say, hey, Dave, I got this idea, you know, they they basically found unlimited power by uh, uh, putting hydrogen atoms together, firing lasers at them, creating heat and light. What if we were able to somehow with this quark cannon over at CERN and maybe the combined power of Livermore and maybe some other, uh, you know, satellite companies and ideas we're able to do this, we can actually create a sustainable wormhole. If I were to tell you that, you'd you'd say, are you out of your mind? You know, because uh, we get strangled. For what purpose?
7: To to what end?
2: For power. It just sucks in all the power around it and just redistributes it.
7: But I mean I mean creating the wormhole. I mean to like what end? Like what what's the benefit there, right? I mean
2: Yeah, well it'd be infinite energy that would be taken in and then pushed out somewhere else or we could take mm, it and enclose mm. it in a Dyson sphere. But I don't even know if we're that advanced. Okay. We, we would okay. be later on maybe. But this is where this is where we're at now. I mean this is this is the playground we're in. They've done this. Now what are they gonna do with it? And how are they gonna keep it from becoming like I said, how are they gonna keep proliferation from happening? How how are they gonna keep it from being weaponized? And what kind of weapon will exactly. come from this type of technology?
7: It's you know it's it's a really interesting conversation to have, but it's but you know it's not something that the masses want to talk about. They're more interested in having a drag queen at the White House. I guess I don't know. Oh, well,
2: that's what so, I mean. I, I was looking up at uh, the monitors, and every monitor that I've been seeing in the last ten minutes has either been about January sixth or the same-sex marriage. That law. Again? Yeah, they're they're having another hearing. They're having another hearing before Christmas, and so maybe by then they're going to get an indictment on Trump. I don't know. But then it turns out now that uh, you know Biden is not only the sole responsible person for inventing this this wonderful new uh, eternal energies source, but he's also sure he sure he's also sure he the greatest man who ever lived because now he's uh, created the same sex marriage law. Well, you know that's amazing that now that we're not going to see that go away because they were worried the Supreme court would overturn it. That's amazing. But I don't think it's as amazing as saying, Hey, we've got this unlimited energy source. It's going to wipe out any concern for climate change.
7: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. I a bit. It's, I don't know. It's, it's the media. What do you do? You know, the yeah. media has their narrative and they just, want to feed this pablum to the masses. I yeah. don't know. They, they don't want to talk about anything outside of the narrative.
2: I think the ICCP probably called all the media outlets and said, don't you dare tell people this is going to eliminate climate change. We need <laughs> we need to pay off all of our solar and wind before we even think about having this, this energy source out in Lawrence Livermore. At first they made it sound like it was happening, it was continuing, and we had, you know, because they say right. it's the only time, but I'm thinking like Ryan said, what didn't China do this? China had, yeah. They've been doing this yeah, for a long I seem to time. Remember something? Like and that. now we're the ones that are we the first time it's ever been done? Okay, so that means what? We have infinite power now, and we can move on. No, it's going to take decades before we finally find a way to put it in your homes. I don't buy that. I, I think it's been sitting there for some time. I think, I mean, if if science fiction is aware of it and they've been talking about it for years, certainly it's something that has been around for a while. Well,
7: it's just like with you know the technology of going back to the moon we, we we apparently went to the moon several times yep. and then it just sat on a shelf somewhere and now let's dust it off and it takes what three launches before they can get something off right. the ground and I the mean, first thing they sent of- are
2: dummies they sent crash test dummies into space yeah, crash test. <laughs> it's serious they sent these crash test dummies into space because they want to monitor how the uh, how the ride is going to affect the astronauts, well, didn't they know that from data from Apollo 11 or any of the other?
7: Well, right. It, 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 right. You know, it
2: doesn't make any sense. And Now, this is one of the biggest things that ever happened. It's not. I mean, the biggest thing that ever happened was a, something that had less uh, technology than your cell phone, about the same technology as a toaster oven, was blasted into space, and then we brought astronauts home without killing any of them. That's the amazing thing. Yeah. But nah, yeah. it doesn't seem to add up now that we're in this advanced state of thought, and we have all of these wonderful electronic gadgets and nuclear gadgets that they tell us, well, it's going to be clean and no one's going to die and it's all going to be... I mean, hell, it should be maybe that, analyzed.
7: Maybe that'll be the Twitter Files Part 10 or something like that maybe. where we find out about the moon.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I don't know, Dave, thank you for the call.
7: Thank you. I appreciate sure it. thing, Clyde.
2: Yeah, it's... It just makes you stand by and go, I should be skeptical of this because, well, I'm not a very, I'm not a champion of nuclear power. I just, I'm not. And uh, and so this this promise of nuclear energy that's eternal, this promise of nuclear energy that will be clean and no one's going to suffer in the process, I, I kind of have a, a real skeptical mind about all this. And and the fact that it went from, hey, we're doing this, it's, we're the number one source of this, we're great to, well, you know, it's only enough to heat up uh, 10 kettles of water, and uh, you know, China, we won't talk about what they've been doing with their second sun, and uh, just the idea, though, that they have the power of the sun in a nuclear reactor. Power of the sun in the palm of my hand, Doc Oc, Dr. Octavius. 503-225-0860 or 866-536-7469. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. Mike Lewis from Ground Zero. You know, with the rise of the cancel culture and an increase in social media censorship, we needed to make a big change. So we decided to create a very unique digital platform. It's called Aftermath.media. It's an exclusive online multimedia library featuring an interactive social media section with a chat room, videos, audio clips, archive Ground Zero podcasts, documents, books, and magazines. Our news aggregator provides current news relating to many of the topics we cover. We're expanding our research and study groups as well, which presently includes Tracy Twyman, William Cooper, Mae Russell, and Jim Keith. Also, check out popular podcast Conspirafact Fact with Wes and Bill. Updated apps will be available soon. The monthly subscription for Aftermath is only $10 a month, and if you sign up now for the yearly subscription, it's only $79. If you want to hear the shows you love and support Great Talk Radio? Go to aftermath.media. Again, that's aftermath.media.
5: Spinning complacently in the darkness, covered and blinded by a blanket of little lives, false security has lulled the madness of this world into a slumber. Wake up, an eye is upon you, staring straight down and keenly through, seeing all that you are and everything that you can never be. Yes, an eye is upon you, an eye ready to blink. So face forward, with arms wide open and mind reeling, your future has arrived. Are you ready to go?
0: The loudspeaker spoke up and said, Wait, yes. yes. The loudspeaker spoke up and said, The loudspeaker spoke up and said, Give up! Give up! Give up!
2: I'm Clyde Lewis, and this is Ground Zero. The numbers call tonight, 503-225-0860, or 866-536-7469, that is toll free. So a story that's been buried unexplainably in the headlines today, even though it has been reported and, uh, and people are talking about it. Some people are. I mean, I, I wanted to talk about it because I find it interesting. But it was announced today that U.S. government scientists have made a breakthrough in the pursuit of limitless zero-carbon power by achieving a net energy gain in a fusion reaction for the first time. The scientists at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in California, they use a process called inertial confinement fusion that involves bombarding a tiny pellet of hydrogen plasma with the world's biggest laser. And what they've achieved is something called net energy gain in a fusion experiment in the past two weeks. The fusion reaction at the U.S. government facility produced about 25 megajoules of energy which was about 120% of the 2.1 megajoules of energy in the lasers now, this is what was said by the people with all the knowledge about this when they were they had a press conference today they were adding that the data is still being analyzed now we've heard about the possibility of this type of power in many science fiction films in the last hour we were talking about iron man spider-man dr octavius when he said i have the power of the sun in my in my hand the palm of my hand he said batman bane of course Taking an unlimited source of power, turning it into a nuclear uh, weapon, even Godzilla, of course the poster child for nuclear destruction is Godzilla. even though Japanese scientists have have had apprehension of using nuclear power in the past they they use it uh, in places like well Fukushima the 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 Japan uh, disaster that uh, certainly is not dying and will never go away and the reason why is because every nuclear power plant on earth, ought to be designated as a crime scene of nuclear recklessness based upon the very threat of catastrophic consequences and upon the nuclear industry's woeful lack of readiness to handle the most predictable mishaps, the most predictable problems. There's a solution so simple and elegant of design. What you do is you take these politicians, the inspiring Joe Biden for this new program, You bring in the businessmen who profit from the nuclear power industry. You put them before an international criminal court. You strip them of their recklessly acquired wealth. You allow them to subsist on entitlement programs alone, subsidized housing, food stamps, and a modest stipend, require them to volunteer for disaster response teams where they would be trained in all the -the state-of-the-art protocols of first responders for any nuclear disaster anywhere in the world. Then they get sent into the plant that's spewing radioactive poison and do what must be done and and be involved completely in the wide-ranging cleanup. With such a consequence hanging over their heads of those who would be profiting from this madness, we would see swift reform in how we play around with nuclear power, whether it be proliferation, whether it be this new program. I mean, this would never happen, of course, because... The very people charged with overseeing the nuclear industry for safety are the ones who like it the way it is. And and they profit from it. And all you need to do is look at the disaster that is Hanford, Hanford nuclear site here in the Pacific Northwest, or Fukushima, and there's also Chernobyl. And books have been written about the insanity of building nuclear power plants on active earthquake zones, but they did it with, with Fukushima, and again they did it in Japan the you know saying clean nuclear energy what does that do well it makes it into a zone where you can go to die because of the radiation danger now they're saying that this new program of eternal the holy grail of, of eternal power is uh, there's no waste it's clean and it's the it's the wet dream of everyone who wants zero admission so where is the international body of wise, far-sighted men and women in power to say, no, we don't need it. A lot of people are ignoring it. Why? Because it's going to get people to say, well, hey, 10, 20 years from now, we're going to have this eternal power, this eternal force. And, uh, but other people should say, Hey, you know, no nuclear power plants or reactors anywhere near me. It's too dangerous. I mean, why do we proceed in such dangerous terrain from recklessness and add more fusion to the nuclear fires? Why do we do this? I mean, we're not being told that this new Livermore discovery could be the most powerful discovery in the world, making CERN look like a Tonka toy. No, they bury it. They bury it. Today's a historic day because Biden signed the same-sex interracial marriage law. That's the big news story. Not the fact that we could open up portals with this technology, not the fact that we could, uh, you know, have their warp drive eventually on our spaceships. No, that's not important. We have given over the leadership of this world. We've given them this opportunity to just hijack the narrative for whatever they think is politically expedient. They have been fighting over the wheel to pilot starship Earth, and we've given it over to the slick con artists, and they're addicted to gambling with our civilization. Those are high stakes. Playing around with our civilization. What's uh, killing off uh, two billion people? What's that? What's uh, releasing a gain-of-function uh, pathogen that will kill all the elderly? That put a stress on our on our medical system. What's that going to do for us? We're we're, we're already doing uh, another Johns Hopkins tabletop exercise for another pathogen that's supposed to be coming down the pipeline. I just did that the other day. See, and that's what they do. They gamble with us. They gamble with with uh, our living. And those are high stakes. We're told of the danger of igniting a nuclear bomb. Remember back when, uh, I think it was uh, Fermi who who gave a bet that something would go wrong. So we were told that there would be a danger of igniting a nuclear bomb that may even set fire to the sky. But guess what they did? They did it anyway. They did it anyway. And what is most frustrating is that we have no say in whether or not bad scientists should continue with these experiments these these experiments that i mean let's face it they 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 put our lives in in the balance here i mean the technocrats work together they make the rules they build the structures they make off with the profits and they let the people pay the terrible price when the containment walls burst when they go wrong when they flip the ignition switch and everything goes bad and we get thrown into another dimension or we all die a horrible death we can't even swear or curse before we die either because it'll just be done in a millisecond. Five zero three two two five zero eight sixty or 866 I'm Clegg Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. something that, I don't know, I think it needs to be asked, when did we become so trusting of technocratic psychopaths? I mean it. I mean, you know, if I was to say that Dr. Fauci is a psychopath, there are many people that won't agree with me. There are many people say, oh, come on, lay off it, Clyde. Or if I was to say, you know, Bill Gates doesn't care about you. He's a Malthusian bastard. He doesn't care about you. What if I was to say that? And I get a lot of people telling me, oh, you're wrong, Clyde. You know, you just, you're just one of those anti-vaxxers, blah, 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 blah. And what is most frustrating is that we have no say in whether or not mad scientists should continue with their experiments, especially those that put our lives in balance. put our lives in the balance, put a big, uh, you know, target on us, The technocrats work together to make the rules. They build structures. They make off with the profits and let the people pay the terrible price when everything falls apart. We haven't learned our lesson. I mean, we should have learned our lesson with Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And now what? They're going to bring out a movie called Oppenheimer coming up where they're going to be praising the Manhattan Project, be praising what Oppenheimer did. And it just makes me worry even more about what. This whole nuclear age is going to be about, not just about the eternal power structure, the idea that they're able to, you know, have a long, long time of uh energy that's endless. It's not happening yet, but they're saying they have the power to do that now. But see, we're still here. It can be argued, well, we're still here. You know, we're not really harmed all that much. But are we really not all that harmed? I mean, we have cancers, we have other diseases, we have pathogens, we have all these things. How long are we going to be here as long as we're tinkering with the nuclear genie? I mean, nuclear is our friend now. And we're told that we can survive nuclear war now. And that nuclear is the answer to zero emissions. You know, I just worry that we're going to become cavalier about this whole thing. The crux of the matter is this. Our leaders look out for themselves. The scientists look out for themselves. They'll shovel the pretty rhetoric at us about freedom and equality and the sacredness of human life. They did that in in the press conference today. Well, this will be something that'll be about equality and uh, you know, know, we're going to hire people, you know, that are going to be, you know, we're going to have different types of people in different roles. Basically, saying they're going to hire more people of color. Um, we believe in the sacredness of human life. We believe that this is going to help us beat the zero emissions blah 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 but see they lie i don't trust them i don't i they lie and their actions actually tell the truth and the truth is that all of our leaders are in it only for the money and the people be damned one cannot make it to the highest levels of government or corporate structures without willingness to play the money game all we need is a few science megalomaniacs to tell us that uh, since they didn't screw things up, we we now can benefit from their safe and effective energy sources. Since we didn't screw things up, you can benefit from this wonderful vaccine we're giving you. Even though now we're hearing people are dying suddenly, we don't want to. We don't want to say that that's from the vaccines. We don't want to say that people who you know walk down the street and their skins melting off has anything to do with these nuclear energy sources that we're using. That is going to give us uh, zero emissions. You know what? Our leaders ought to be made to wear patches on their clothing like race car drivers, revealing the names of the organizations that are bankrolling all the things they do. Then we know for sure who's behind it all. I mean, sure, we'll look at the Rockefellers, we'll look at the Rothschilds, we'll look at the drug cartels and the and the Chinese who basically do the human trafficking. But we only can speculate about that, right? We can only speculate about all the pedophiles in the world and all the vampires out there drinking the blood of the innocent. But yeah, they should be made to wear patches so that we know who's paying for them. The masses of human beings upon this earth are the fodder for the rich to be manipulated or killed or or something, you know, something worse. And this is what bothers me, is that, you know, okay, we did this now. We did this, and little by little, we've been shown the future. And if you pay attention, you notice that line upon line, We have been shown through many mediums, like I said, science fiction and TV and other things. We've been shown through many mediums how the future may be approximated and what awaits us through predictive programming and the revelation of the method. Do you remember back, uh, we were talking about Jordy Rose. He's the co founder and chief technology officer of D Wave, which is a Canadian company selling machines or computers that it claims exploit quantum mechanical effects to solve certain problems hundreds of millions of times faster than traditional computers. Well, Rose is also the CEO of a company called Kindred Systems or Kindred AI, and he made comments in the past about how powerful sustainable energy, such as what we're talking about, if it were ever paired with advanced computers, we would be able to open up portals in order to bring aliens or even the old ones I'm talking about H.P. Lovecraft old ones through the conduits. In his own words, he said that his D-Wave quantum computers are able to summon a tsunami of demons or aliens that are the equivalent of the old ones spoken of by horror author H.P. Lovecraft. Was he serious? Well, the concept of opening the dimensions for some Lovecraft-like creatures to come through sounds very much like conjuring. It was like what... uh, Ryan Gable was alluding to earlier with regard to Jack Parsons and and, um, L. Ron Hubbard doing a Babylon working experiment. Did the same thing with the nuclear power. But the fact that Rose speaks as if this quantum conjuring is happening already gives a lot of credibility to what Anthony Patch was saying all along when he was on our program. Rose gave a presentation to potential employees back in June of 2017 and explained that the next move for AI... Is to connect and use the resources from quantum computing and unlimited power to provide a host body for artificial intelligence. We're going to create a host body to what? Put a spirit or soul into it, or or maybe a fourth dimensional being to run it—a ghost of the machine, if you will. In the past, we we've heard of how we can advance the civilization if we are capture the power of the star or the sun, and we're doing that with this announcement from Lawrence Livermore. Because experts assess that as a civilization grows larger and becomes more advanced, its energy demands will increase rapidly due to its population growth and the energy requirements that are out there, the energy requirements that, uh, or energy requirements of its various machines, AI, that's Neuralink. And so, with this in mind, we have what's called the Kardashev scale, which was developed as a way of measuring a civilization's technological advancement based upon how much usable energy it has at its disposal. And this was this was all originally tied to energy available for communications, but it's been expanded now. So the scale of civilizations, one, two, three, was originally designed in 1964 by a Russian astrophysicist whose name is Nikolai Kardashev. And what he was doing is, well, he, he created this because he was looking for signs of extraterrestrial life within cosmic signals because he had a feeling or a theory that if we had an extraterrestrial civilization that was able to have a power of a star in its possession, then that advanced civilization would be able to come and visit us. Now, if we had that kind of power, the aliens would also be able to, yeah, they they would have an interest in us as well. So this is another thing that I, I don't know if I'm concerned or otherwise excited about is that you know, Kardashev was saying that if a civilization advance has the power of the sun at their disposal, they'll be able to come and visit us, or if we do it, they'll have an interest in talking to us or making themselves available to us. So what's going on with this new technology is we're signaling to the aliens, "Hey guys, look what we're doing," and they're going to come and visit and say, "Okay, well, let's show you how to make it better." We've always been saying, "What the aliens are next on the agenda." Five zero three two two five zero eight sixty or eight six six five three six. 7469. I'd like to know your views on this. It's an amazing time to be alive, obviously. 503-2250-860. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back.
4: Take much of your time Parker
5: now i remember you you're connor's student tells me you're brilliant he also tells me you're lazy
0: trying to do better well
5: being brilliant's not enough young man you have to work hard intelligence is not a privilege it's a gift and you use it for the good of mankind
6: it's being called one of the most impressive scientific feats of the 21st century department of energy officials have announced a history-making accomplishment in the decades long quest to harness fusion, the same energy that powers the sun. The technology could have major implications for climate change
4: and energy needs around the world.
5: I designed for initiating and sustaining fusion.
4: Well, I understand you use harmonics and atomic frequencies. Sympathetic frequencies. Harmonic reinforcement. Go on. An exponential increase in energy output.
5: A huge amount of energy. Like a perpetual sun providing renewable power for the whole world.
4: It's also amazing.
0: If it works, it could change the way we live.
5: It is amazing and it will work. And now on to the main event. Give me the blue light, Rosie. Ladies and gentlemen, fasten your seatbelts. the sun in the palm of my hand. Doctor, we have a successful fusion reaction.
8: This would be a safe and equitable way to put a sun or the stars in a box and the power that they hold and then be able to distribute it to people, and that's why this is so exciting. It's something that they've been working on at this lab for more than 60 years. But science is all about trial and error and about possibility. Now they've made that possibility a probability, and this really then becomes more about time and how do we get it done as fast as we need.
5: We're producing a thousand megawatts surplus
2: I'm Clyde Lewis, You we're listening to Ground Zero. So, someone just wrote me an email, sent me an email, uh, about Dr. Heldor, and what Dr. Heldor said about nuclear power, uh, nuclear flesh, edible nuclear flesh, and all these things saying that Dr. Heldor's... Entire most of Doctor Heldor's entire session we had was certainly uh, something talking about the infiltration of nuclear. That everything would be nuclear. Everything would uh, certainly revolve around nuclear. And certainly, I mean, I'm trying to find the list of the things she said, and I'll find them and look them over so I can give you an idea. But yeah, Doctor Heldor was talking about uh, all this stuff: the the movement of nuclear war, the idea of war, the idea of uh, Blood guts and other things everywhere. And, you know, that's the thing is that as we're as we're climbing this Kardashev scale that I was talking about, uh, you look at Carl Sagan, Michio Kaku, they're the ones who talk about this. A type one civilization is usually defined as one that can harness all the energy that reaches its home planet from its parent star. Okay, that's that's a type one civilization. An astronomer named Guillermo A. Lamarchan define a Type 1 civilization as a level near contemporary terrestrial civilization with an energy capability equivalent to the solar insulation on Earth. A Type 2 civilization is capable of harnessing the energy radiated by its own large star, for example, by means of the successful completion of a Dyson sphere. So if we're able to harness all the energy from our sun, if we're able to do it with a Dyson sphere or some other uh, type of reactor, then we've reached a point where we're either a type one or a type two. A type three civilization is basically in possession of energy at the scale of its own galaxy. That's pretty huge. So Kardashev believed that a type four civilization was impossible, so he didn't go past type three. Michio Kaku suggested Michio Kaku, who's a physicist, he suggested that if humans increase their energy consumption at an average rate of 3% each year, they may attain a type 1 status in 100 and 200 years, type 2 status in a few thousand years, and type 3 status in 100,000 million years. But he may have to amend his projections because of what has been announced from the Atomic Energy Commission in Lawrence Livermore Labs. So for the first time, this is what they're claiming, for the first time, U.S. scientists at the National Ignition Facility at Lawrence Livermore in California, successfully produced a nuclear fusion reaction resulting in a net energy gain. The result of the experiment would be a massive step in a decades-long quest to unleash an infinite source of clean energy that could help end the dependence on fossil fuels. Researchers for decades have attempted to recreate nuclear fusion replicating the fusion that powers the sun. The National Ignition Facility Project creates energy from nuclear fusion by what's known as thermonuclear inertial fusion. So in practice, U.S. scientists are firing pellets that contain a hydrogen fuel into an array of nearly 200 lasers, which is creating a series of extremely fast repeated explosions at the rate of 50 times per second and the energy collected from the neutrons and alpha particles extracting heat and that heat holds the key to producing energy and even though getting a net energy gain from nuclear fusion is a big deal it's actually happening on a much smaller scale than what's needed to power electric grids and heat buildings so producing energy through nuclear fusion has been a long-held ambition for scientists energy experts have been trying haven't succeeded but now Here we are. And the whole idea of this type of contained fusion has been prominently featured in science fiction novels and movies. The most memorable demonstration of this type of fusion was seen in the movie Spider-Man 2. And of course, Doc Ock, or Dr. Octavius, appeared in Spider-Man 2 back in 2004, and he discussed his fusion device with Peter Parker. The device relied on fusing tritium nuclei together, releasing energy in the process. Of course, the same theories existed in the film Iron Man. The fusion reactors depicted in movies like Spider-Man 2 and Iron Man, of course, are much smaller and, well, seemingly they're less complicated than the ones that are currently being said to create the power of the sun at Livermore. Back then, the research focused these devices creating a self-sustaining nuclear fusion reaction that is stable and emits more energy than the device consumes. Now, the fusion of atomic nuclei nuclei, uh, actually relies on high temperatures. The density of the plasma is also something that's a factor, and whether you can hold the nuclei close together for long enough for them to interact. So the trick is to push the positively charged nuclei close together, hopefully overcoming repulsive forces generated by the interaction of two positive charges. Fusion happens naturally in the sun at temperatures of tens of millions of degrees Celsius and high pressure the power of the sun in a nuclear reactor. The National Ignition Facility, creates gen- uh, they, they create their energy from nuclear fusion through n- thermonuclear inertial fusion. So the U.S. scientists are doing this, and everything happens at a rate of about 50 times per second. The energy collected from the neutrons and alpha particles is extracted in heat, as heat, and the heat is what holds the key to producing the energy. Fusion energy is a method of producing electricity by smashing or fusing atoms together, which releases enormous gobs of energy. And the reaction occurs constantly on stars like the sun. Of course, that fuses about 500 tons of hydrogen atoms every second. So if we could replicate this reaction on Earth... Which they say we're doing, we would have virtually unlimited clean energy. That's amazing. Five zero three two two five zero eight six zero or eight six six five three six seven four six nine. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. Three two two five zero eight sixty or eight six six five three six seven four six nine. I'm Clyde Lewis. You can call into Ground Zero, like Derek. Derek in Massachusetts. Hey, Derek, you're on Ground Zero.
9: Hey, Clyde. Just hey. a really awesome show tonight. Thank you. He's Louise. I mean, so this is going to sound like I'm kind of uh, like kind of kind of sucking up a little bit, but I mean this genuinely. This year, I feel like if people go back. This is a perfect example of why you have to subscribe to Aftermath. Why you need these shows. Why you need to be up to date on these shows. I listen to a lot of stuff, but like. I always recommend Ground Zero first because you're just nailing it for anyone. So we've got to rewind back to the beginning of 2022. Okay. You and Ryan did a show about um, the, or you did, a, you're talking about like the alien lightning over in Ukraine and everything and yeah. the idea that there's like an energy crisis potentially and then all summer long we're getting all these like shutdowns, all these, they're just hitting us over the head with the idea that our, our infrastructure, our grid can't handle it, you know, so we were theorizing the idea that potentially that'll be the alien savior idea and stuff. So it caught me in kind of the track of, like, the the synchronicities here. So at that time, in Jan, like, in January of 2022, so to start this year, um, China did break the nuclear fi- uh, nuclear fusion um, world record, whatever it was. So they're, they're, they're very much in this game. It's very much just, like, this uh, new version of space race thing. Right. 17 but minutes very, they
2: had fusion, they say.
9: Exactly, exactly. Right. So it was very synchronistic to me right. that in this year where you and Ryan are talking about all the energy, 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 that this year is bookmarked by... Um, China doing it in January, and now us making this announcement here on on the 13th about us. Uh, we're we're finally invented it. We're we're now in the in the nuclear uh, fusion game and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it really trips me out. And then if you combine in Dr. Heldor, which you just mentioned, yeah, that's like she nailed it. You know, so she's talking all about the nuclear stuff, but she also mentioned kind of wormwood. Related things like things right. coming from above, so I had, I had interpreted that as being wormwood. I had to I had to go look,
2: back to her notes. She mentioned wormwood. She mentioned Chernobyl, the taste of radiated radiated flesh, the idea that we are heading back to the days of Chernobyl.
9: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So so, but she also mentioned the idea that these like birds or something something from above is yeah. going to kind of swoop down and like pluck out our eyes. Yeah, so per, really birds understand. shall
2: peck out the eyes before they drop from the skies. she said
9: yeah which so is that a is that literal or is that kind of a metaphor for the idea that these these aliens or these like demonic flying creatures or whatever is kind of um called on when we when we do this nuclear reaction and stuff what if they're these things that come and metaphorically come and pluck out our eyes well Kardashev
2: Kardashev made it plain and clear he said if we get to a point where we're able to harness the sun or the power of the sun then we will be calling attention to the alien races because that was the reason why he was looking at the civilizations because he knew there were advanced civilizations that would be able to create dyson spheres to use the power of a star nearby to power the planet so the idea exactly. of having the sun in the palm of your hand as doc Ock says is something that we exactly. have now at lawrence livermore Laboratories.
9: exactly exactly and like um in star trek and stargate and basically you already said it but it's kind of um sci-fi 101 where you need to enter this level you need to have nuclear fusion in order to, to travel around forever so yeah. it is entering us in this, in this new thing and um but but uh ryan also um brought up on his in his um his show description on facebook and stuff um so de- everyone definitely tune in the at the cloud show tonight um but he mentioned the trinity um kind of how the, how the trinity nuclear explo- explosions potentially brought in roswell mm-hmm. and, this, and, the, and the synchronicity that this is the 75th right. anniversary of of roswell and the kind of the age of saucers potentially ending in this
1: new well, remember what hitler wave. said hitler new- said
2: he had the real power real power was exactly what they're exactly. talking about that powered the saucers then exactly. we have the exactly. nuclear explosions at trinity it attracts roswell roswell becomes an alien story because of the fact that they blew stuff up the aliens saw it they came and said well they got nuclear power now what are we going to do well they basically negotiated with them according to lore they went back now we have nuclear fusion and this is what kardashev said the minute we have the power of a sun in our in our in our back pocket, the aliens will yeah. come back and they will return
9: exactly wow. exactly it feels like it 's almost it feels like it 's almost a ritual for to intentionally bring them you know like they like you mentioned that this isn 't happening for a couple of decades now, but they made, they made sure they said it at the end of the year synchronistically on the thirteenth but then also like you mentioned Oppenheimer and you were talking about um uh, like Nolan's Batman. So Christopher Nolan also is the, the biggest movie of the year already next year is going to be Oppenheimer. Yes. So he just, it, it went, um, it trended yesterday synchronistically because this news also um, hit, hit the, hit the zeitgeist because the first like um, set photos came up, but also he was talking about recreating the Trinity explosion. So he's literally recreating this Trinity ritual, which I think is what it is. Right. Um, with using no CGI practical effects. So it's Hollywood movie magic, literally Recreating this thing for the biggest movie of the year. So, I mean, right. I'm going to go out on a limb and say next year is probably going to be a, a banner year for UFOs and
1: stuff. It'll uh, be a banner and- year for
2: UFOs, and we're moving closer to the idea of nuclear confrontation or conflagration, especially with Russia. I felt that if that movie was going to come out, we certainly would already have a comeuppance to nuclear fusion or nuclear war. Now we have a comeuppance with nuclear fusion. We're looking at Kardashev. What are we, a civilization one or a civilization two? And how soon will it be before the aliens realize that we have this power?
9: exactly exactly um have one more second uh but um you're talking about iron man and everything and how he he made the arc reactor so to kind of to kind of finish off their phase one of like, the marvel universe he put that arc reactor that he made to save his, save his own life he put it on stark tower and he called it a, a beacon of light for the whole world to see and he, yeah. he, he said he's the only he's the only game in clean energy and he's trying to influence the world but that that beacon quote-unquote is what attracted Loki, this trickster, this ultra-terrestrial water type yep. trickster thing, yep. and then also attracted li- a, literally a Chatari alien invasion in the, in the giant portal opened up immediately yes. above, or directly directly above yep. where this reactor is. Start. So yeah,
2: Yep, he's he basically used his you know, reactor, the aliens came.
9: Yeah, exactly. So this thing, these, these things, I do think it's very, very ritualistic. It brings in these aliens, and then just like one last point, you mentioned the real, and it reminds me of like. Um, John Carter of Mars, and the mm-hmm. idea of the ninth ray, this, this powerful cosmic thing that in the wrong hands can bring death, right. destruction, warfare. In the right hands, it's presented as clean energy, but more often than not, it's, destruct- it's destructive, and it's given to, given to Mars, the, the, the right. um, people of Mars, right. by these Archon figures, by these alien watcher-type things who give it to them to destroy them. Like, yep. like this, this technology could be very destructive. It's an excellent way to happen. Clyde, just an absolutely fire show. Thank you. Um, Thank you, you. Great stuff. All right, bye-bye. Yeah, and, and remind
2: yourself of uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey where the monolith was touched by the monkey and the monkey learned how to make a weapon with it. Let's go to Charlie in Tennessee. You're on Ground Zero.
3: Hello, Clyde. Hey. Uh, so what, I mean, a lot of times it's hard to visualize the type of energy that, that we're talking about here in fusion. But just, you know, heat, light, and energy physically are the same. So when you eat, say, a cheeseburger and the caloric intake is, you know, is this measure, it's a measurement of heat, like 1,000 mm-hmm. calories. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about fusion, uh, you're talking about releasing electrons. And so a coulomb of electrons, which is, say, if you took an atom of fused material, it'll release like a coulomb which is a mathematical uh, version or a measurement of electrons. If those were the size of a ping-pong ball, it would fill the volume of the moon. That's how much power that this type of fusion would release. But also, when you bust something like that, you're talking about extreme radiation. Because Mm -hmm. radiation is just how many layers of that atom splits apart. And so, when you talk about something like Chernobyl, that is still so hot after that accident. When the Russians invaded back in the spring, they occupied some of that area, and those guys got sick in a week. Yeah,
2: yeah. And and what's going to happen with all this fusion? Where's it going to go? Is They say there's not going to be any waste. I wonder about that. Proliferation is another problem because, of course, they can be weaponized. Charlie, you're the man. Thank you for calling the program. Yeah, it's it's certainly a lot of responsibility. With power comes a lot of responsibility. You heard that in Spider-Man too. We have this power now. It's not science fiction anymore. What are we going to do with it? How is it going to affect us? Well... Like I said, you had a Russian scientist like Kardashev saying, the minute we get the power of a star, the minute we get the power of a sun, we'll be attracting other civilizations in space. This might just be what's going to happen. I mean, we all thought the aliens would come. Now we're attracting them. 503 or 866 7469 I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. Where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. Where happiness is an illusion. This is the future we are in right now. Where our phones are the first things that we touch when we wake up. The last thing we touch before falling asleep.
1: Radiant, seductive screens. we so
2: lovingly, endlessly, Gaze upon. Much like you're doing right now, Follow welcome to a future where our true reflection
7: is only revealed once the screen goes dark. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening.
0: loudspeaker spoke up and said, wait, the, wait. Loudspeaker up and said wait, wait. the loudspeaker spoke up and said, the loudspeaker spoke up and said, give up, give up, give up.
2: I'm Clay Lewis, and this is Round Zero. The numbers to call tonight, 503-225-0860, or eight six six five three six seven four six nine. 536 7469 So the big news today, I mean, even though you have to dig to find it, because they're talking about other things that are more politically expedient, the Department of Energy announced that a team of U.S. scientists made a breakthrough in nuclear fusion, creating net energy gain, which is uh, an experiment. That literally, if you want to use the words of Dr. Octavius, puts the sun in the hands of a nuclear reactor. So we have now achieved ignition. That's what they call it. It's it's ignition. A lot of people are wondering, you know, what does that mean? Well, they've created a nuclear reaction that generates more energy than it consumes. Results of the breakthrough at the U.S. National Ignition Facility, conducted on December 5th and announced today by U.S. President Joe Biden's administration, has now got the attention of the global fusion research community, and that research aims to harness nuclear fusion, and that is what powers the sun. And this is supposed to provide a source of near limitless clean energy on Earth. They're calling it an incredible accomplishment. They've called it the Holy Grail. Uh, it's to, uh, there was a number of uh, experimental uh, opportunities. The facility, U- uh, the U.S. Department of Energy's nuclear weapons program. It was designed to study thermonuclear explosions. And uh, this has been going on for many decades. And finally, they made the announcement today that they now can do this. So what they did is they took a set of 192 lasers to deliver 2.05 megajoules of energy onto a pea-sized gold cylinder containing a frozen pellet of hydrogen isotopes. Uh, And so the pulse of energy caused the capsule to collapse, creating temperatures only seen in stars and thermonuclear weapons. And the hydrogen isotopes fused into helium, releasing additional energy and creating a cascade of fusion reactions. So the laboratory's analysis suggests that the reaction released some 3.15 megajoules of energy, roughly 50 por- uh, 54% more energy that went into the reaction and more than double the previous record of 1.3 megajoules. So, and uh, we, we know that this type of science has been going on since the 1950s. But but they say that this is the first time in the laboratory that fusion has ever produced more energy than it consumed. The experiment says that this is verified ignition, which is a benchmark measure for fusion reactions that focuses on how energy went into the target compared to how energy was released. So it's a big milestone, they say. But, of course, we were talking earlier about whether or not China did it for 17 minutes. They broke a record. And so now this is a new type of race, not a space race, but a nuclear race. And that is what is most disturbing because, as I have said many times before, a lot of the time, I mean, especially now, we're being told that we should dismiss or downplay uh, nuclear war or nuclear fusion as being dangerous. Shows immaturity of the Western civilization and others in some of our most acute human pathologies including the fact that now we worship the science, we worship technology and the technocratic nature of, of the world, and our psychopathology of denial that this is not dangerous. It's becoming more and more nuclear-friendly, as we say here. It's, 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 it's true. when You hear about possibilities of, of nuking Ukraine and saying, well, we can nuke other parts and we'll still survive. There's no problem there. And then, of course, we have the distortion and cover-ups about the private profits, the the national and corporate interests, and they try to fool the people. And all of this going on, I believe, is unacceptable. Here, you know, there are a lot of, I think, a lot of deeper what's and why's and how's. And I think that's one of the reasons why, Is I'm looking at the news tonight, I, I remember waking up today and I saw, well, I read about it last night saw the headlines uh, this morning. The headlines were huge this morning on the Internet. And then all of a sudden, they inexplicably disappeared. And immediately, the news started focusing again on the January 6th insurrection and, of course, the same-sex marriage law that Biden put into effect today, that this was a milestone for our country, not the, uh, the fusion milestone. And I was surprised. But then I started to thinking about what they were claiming. What they're claiming is, is this is going to be enough power to bring about zero emissions. And so they don't want to have this discovery trample all over their aspirations for wind and solar. They want that nuclear power and they want it clean and they want it without waste. But there's a catch, I think. There's a catch with regard to things like proliferation. I worry about proliferation. I worry about whatever they create can be weaponized, just like what happens at CERN. You look at CERN and understand the magnets, understand it's a quark cannon, and you know that is a nuclear facility that certainly we don't know everything they do at this nuclear facility. All we know is that they fire quarks and, and slam particles together. Now we, we fire lasers at hydrogen particles creating nuclear fusion. I mean, these are big deals. And, and we, we certainly, again, we see scientists gambling with our lives. Our lives are in the balance every time they're told don't do something and they do it anyway. Especially when you're dealing with nuclear energy, nuclear fusion, using magnets and other lasers and all kinds of what we call advanced technology. That if there's ever a flaw, there's ever a mistake that is made, we could easily disappear from this planet. We wouldn't even know in a twinkling of an eye we'd all be blasted away and no one would care no one would know and they're doing this and again we're getting uh, we're going to get uh, completely and utterly Hollywoodized with this new movie that's coming out about Oppenheimer about the nuclear ma- about the Manhattan Project and what that was about and like I say I'm, I'm no fan of nuclear because I'm a downwinder. My parents were downwinders and then I inherited some of their genetic problems that they got, which are, you know, cancers and, and other growths and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan of it because I know, well, all this is done for national security reasons and there's no reason to feel bad about this because this was for the betterment of your country. Well, no, I'm suffering from it. My son is suffering from it. It's all, it's all a bunch of garbage, It, it you know, it, it, and it takes a lot for me to be convinced that what they're doing is safe. or 866-536-7469. Levi Halevi is going to be on the program tonight from Nuclear Hot Seat to talk about this, this new discovery right here on Ground Zero. Don't go away. nuclear hot seat a weekly podcast on nuclear issues now in its 12th year with 600 episodes to its credit she's been awarded the prestigious 2022 international nuclear free future award for education levy was one mile from the 1979 nuclear meltdown at three mile island in pennsylvania and wrote a book about her experience yes i glow in the dark one mile from three mile island to fukushima and nuclear hot seat an award-winning playwright and Libertus levy, levy's latest play is on media manipulation in the dawn of the atomic age. Atomic bill and the payment due is in development. Looking for a theater. Her website is nuclearhotseat.com. Welcome to Ground Zero. We we'll be Halevi. Welcome back.
10: Thank you so much, Clyde. It's always great to be on the program.
2: So, when you heard about uh, this fusion experiment that uh, they're saying now unlimited energy and clean energy, what were your thoughts?
10: Well, there's a word that comes to mind that I can't say because you're a broadcast program.
2: Is it
1: BS?
10: Yes, it is. Uh, Bovine feces, I like to call it. Um, In looking at it, the first thing that hit me was there's something wrong because of the intensity and the overwhelmingness of the story and the talking point. It was everywhere. And this is indicative of a massive... PR propaganda campaign by the nuclear industry. They want to put a talking point out. They want to put their story out. And they want to absolutely drown any possible opposition or any possible critique of what they are saying in the absolute noise. This is something they do repeatedly, which is that they seek to surgically implant in our minds, in the mass minds a talking point, a perspective that is in their favor, and to do it so thoroughly that it becomes accepted truth, like the lie that nuclear is a green, sustainable technology on par with solar, wind, geothermal, and the rest. And it is not. That is a core lie, but it is believed by so many people because it was put forth consistently, repetitively, and ceaselessly. By things like World Nuclear News, which is their their press end, their their publicity, their propaganda. And they put millions and millions of dollars into putting the information out because they get back from government subsidies and the like billions of dollars. So it's worth it to them to spend all of this money and hire experts in writing and putting this messaging together and do focus groups and find the talking points that work and then push them out the door. So when I saw this everywhere, I went, okay, there's got to be something wrong here. I mean, the joke for years has been that about every 10 years comes a big announcement that oh, we've made this great progress in nuclear fu- nuclear um, fusion,
1: mm-hmm.
10: sorry, nuclear fusion, yes. and it will no more 10 years from now, and it's always. 10 years from now. What, what, do, the what, they joke,
2: what do scientists joke? They say every 50 years they, they come up with something, uh, something I was reading, of something all the way back to Fermi after the uh, the nuclear bombs went off, saying something to the effect. It says, yeah, every 50 years you'll notice that they'll come up with some other idea about nuclear. But see, what got me in the press conference, see, I was all excited about it when I first heard about it because I thought, oh, it's going to be clean, they say. It's going to have no waste, they say, and all these things. And then I started hearing in the press conference some trigger words like, it's the holy grail of nuclear fusion. It's, uh, what is it? Oh, it's all basically because of the inspiration of Joe Biden. Uh, and what else did they say? Uh, oh, they were saying something. I can't remember what it was. It was the holy grail. It was all inspired by Joe Biden. Joe Biden made it possible. Oh, yeah. And that it will create jobs that will be inclusive. All of this <laughs> claptrap that is is nothing more than the same... Uh, politically correct narratives that were constantly being fed that this is something good for us because green energy is going to employ so many people in the future
10: genuinely green energy can meaning solar wind geothermal the other forms that are being that are being explored but nuclear is not it nuclear is is a trap and it's a very profitable one for a very small, se- small sector of people. And they've been putting the pieces in to manipulate the public, to keep us in line, including this upcoming Oppenheimer film, which is giving me nightmares already. Um, that somehow we have to accept this because this is the future. The phrase that, uh, that I picked out, which had all of the buzzwords in it for me, was monumental science scientific breakthrough that is right. a milestone for the future of clean energy they did everything but call it the second coming of christ oh
2: my gosh you're right i never even thought of it. yeah well calling it the holy grail what what else can you call it right you know, they call it right. the i mean that's what the legendary holy grail finding the cup of christ finding the blood of christ you're right it, it is they're calling it i mean what what is it with scientists calling things like the god particle they have cern which is a nuclear facility they find the God particle. People uh, say, well, if it's unstable, we're going to screw ourselves in the end. Then we have this new idea that it's the Holy Grail, and if, and if it becomes unstable, then we get screwed again. And that's and that's what always happens. They come up with these ideas. They give them these religious titles as if they're gods. And it just makes me angry that people fall for this, this psychopathic uh, wording. And it's almost like, wow, we're all blown away.
10: It's not that we fall for it. It is that we are tripped into it this is part of the psychology that has been just refined down to a horrifying point by this industry to manipulate us i mean even if you look at the timing of this announcement how many days is it until christmas that's going to wreak havoc with the news cycle nobody wants to hear a serious story let alone the one that contradicts what seems to be a good story and this is going to be an echo chamber
2: well, and also the timing we say, I mean remember last well last night I did a show about how all of these substations are being destroyed by terrorists and how we need to change the grid system and make it more efficient. And the way to do this is have what? Sustainable energy sources, ones that would go forever without having to worry about wires or or substations and this is the this is the solution. The legacy system needs to be destroyed to make way for this whole new idea of nuclear fusion.
10: When indeed, if we had solar rooftop solar uh, and wind generation we wouldn't have any of those problems because sourcing would be local we wouldn't need a grid all we would right. need is some panels on the roof
2: that's what my guest uh, David Tice, said he said we need to have uh, we need to have local economic sources of power rather than having huge grids because on a local level we'd be able to handle all the problems that come down uh, because it's it's a smaller version Of the bigger thing and and that's the problem is we've made ourselves uh so big and we only have like wait wait, nine points or nine different stations that if one or two or three of them go down we're screwed we have no power
10: that's also the problem in ukraine right now because if the power keeps going down at the nuclear reactors and they keep on having especially at zaporizhia and they have to keep using the backup diesel generators with no word as to whether they're getting more diesel or not because they don't have the power to cool the reactors and because they've been cut off from the centralized power grid
2: right and so we start seeing meltdowns because we can't cool down the towers there's no power to uh create the the actually to pump the coolant or the water into the reactors
10: each Of those, each of the emergency backup generators at Zaporizhia has enough fuel in it to run for approximately seven to eight days maximum. So if the power is cut off from the grid and it is not restored and it goes for seven or eight days, you are in meltdown territory and especially. The, the, the uh, spent fuel pool, that's where the real danger is. But every nuclear reactor in the world, all 94 that are currently in operation in the United States and the ones that have been shut down, all have these spent fuel pools, which are out in the open. They are not in containment. And it makes all of them a target for terrorists, be they domestic or foreign.
2: Lee B. Hollywood with us tonight on Ground Zero. It's so good to have you on the program again to talk about this new discovery about fusion and this eternal power that they're promising us to take zero emissions, to create zero emissions, and to help in climate change. Talk more tonight on Ground Zero. If you want to call in 503 225 0860 or 866 536 7469. Back with more Ground Zero. Don't go away. Where is my
5: mind?
4: Today we're here to talk about fusion, combining two particles into one.
7: I thought you might like to see what your investment built.
8: No fossil fuels. Free clean energy for an entire city. Three years ago, a Russian scientist published a paper on weaponized fusion reactions. One week later, your reactor started developing problems.
4: Last week at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in California. Scientists at the National Ignition Facility achieved fusion ignition, and that is creating more energy from fusion reactions than the energy used to start the process. Someone
5: will work out what Dr. Pavel did. Someone will figure out a way to make this power
4: source into a nuclear weapon. It's the first time It has ever been done in a laboratory, anywhere in the world. Simply put, this is one of the most impressive scientific feats of the 21st century. I need you to take control
1: of Wayne Enterprises and this reactor. To do what with it? Nothing. Until we can guarantee its safety. And if we can't?
8: Decommission and flood it. Destroy them. Best chance for a sustainable future. If the world's not ready, yes. Now, fusion of this, of hydrogen atoms, is something that we've known for more than a century could work. We've actually done it in an uncontained form called nuclear bombs.
0: Go on, Nell. Do your work.
8: We don't want to do that. That has a lot of bad bad. implications. Um, This would be a safe and equitable way to put a sun or the stars in a box and the power that they hold and then be able to distribute it.
1: It's done. This is now a four megaton nuclear bomb.
0: Pull the core out of the reactor.
1: No, you cannot. This is the only power source capable of sustaining you move moving.
0: The core will decay in a matter of months. Five, so, by my calculations. then it won't go off. Take them up to the surface. People of their status deserve to experience the next era of Western civilization.
2: I'm Clyde Lewis. You are listening to Ground Zero. Five, zero, three, two, two, five, zero, eight, six, six, five, three, six, seven, four, six, nine. Libby is with us tonight on Ground Zero, uh, nuclear hot seat. You know, I'll tell you this. You know, I was when I first read about this, I was blown away because of all the science fiction that I've accumulated in my lifetime. And we were talking earlier about several movies that talk about this, from Batman to Spider Man to Iron Man. And one of the things that I find interesting is, at first, this was a story that basically blazed onto the internet, and then all of a sudden, it disappeared. And now the, the whole news cycle today is about the Respect for Marriage Act. And I'm thinking, if this is such a breakthrough discovery, why did this all of a sudden disappear? And and why, what are they telling us?
10: I think what they're telling us is that they don't want us to look any closer. Just swallow what they have said, that this is a breakthrough and that this is a great thing. And... I did a deep dive in some of the information that was out there and I discovered that really what they are telling us is not what the information supports, not what the numbers support. The big honk if I can go into this. Yeah, now. sure, go right ahead. I
2: would love to hear what you have to say about this.
10: Yeah, because some of its sources an article that you were quoting from at the beginning too. It's just several paragraphs down and buried. The big honking talking point is that they had... 2.05 megajoules of energy, and they turned it into 3.15 megajoules of energy. These are, that's like Las Vegas odds. You know, you start with two, you get three. You can keep doing that, and you can get rich, but slowly. Right. The thing is, they're not telling the whole story. The focus is on how much energy went into the target in that moment. But back it up a little bit. You say that there were three megajoules, I'll round it off, three megajoules of energy produced. But it took 192 lasers focused on whatever that capsule was to turn the two megajoules into three. The 192 lasers that were necessary to create it consumed 322 megajoules of energy in the process. So in other words, that energy had to come from somewhere. I'm guessing it was grid-related. Mm-hmm. So 322 megajoules were, through this convoluted process, turned into 3.15 megajoules of fusion. That's 318.85 more megajoules of energy used than was produced. But it's invisible because you've got to back your way through the process. Now, if people want to check this out for themselves, it's in Scientific American. Under an article, Nuclear Fusion Lab Achieves Ignition. What does it mean? And you got to read through some of the boring paragraphs to get to this particular set of numbers. And when I saw those, and I did the math, one plus one equals two, they are creating an illusion. They're selling it to us wholesale across the board. And once they have made their point, they back away and just let it settle in to the subconscious of everyone. Right. So by the time we get out of the holiday season, after the first of the year, it will be accepted as truth as i said before as nuclear is green the lie that is accepted is truth they cook the books they're gaslighting us
2: well here's something else too and and, okay forgive me if my physics are like you know out the door i haven't really you know put my face in a physics book since high school okay so they're saying that they have a man-made power uh situation where they have fired lasers at uh hydrogen pellets and that they have cheap and clean forever energy. But doesn't that violate the second law of thermodynamics? I mean, doesn't anything that changes does it leave behind pollution or, or waste? They're saying there's no waste and no pollution. How's that happen?
10: That's that's what they said in the nineteen fifties about nuclear reactors, the the fission reactors. That it was going to be too too cheap to meter, that they were safe that this was the peaceful atom, that was the label that it was given. And, I mean, Walt Disney did cartoons about how wonderful this was going to be. And we all just nodded our heads and went along with it and, for the most part, ignored it. You know, people were obsessed about the bomb because that was an immediate threat. But we didn't see the danger coming in the back door of these nuclear reactors, which are all dirty bombs in our backyards.
2: But see they're trying to make it sound as though it's carbon free. That's impossible, right? Am I am I right here or wrong here? That if there's Ab- if there's anything burning, it's got to leave behind waste carbon or whatever or methane or something, something that that generates decay. I mean, you know, tell me if I'm wrong here.
10: You're absolutely right and what they do is they control the conversation, they control the discourse. They say that no carbon is released in the generation of the energy. And the wording that they use is specific to the split instant that the atom is being split to release the energy. And they're right. In that split second, there is no carbon created. But take a step back and look at the entire process from uranium mining to transport to the purification the creation of fuel rods for nuclear reactors and of course you know the the leftover stuff from that can be used for nuclear weapons and then you've got the construction of the site the energy that is needed to run it because nuclear reactors do not generate their own energy they have to get it from the grid they have to feed into the grid and then they get it from the grid but it's not necessarily their own energy and then afterwards we have the forever waste we have waste that contains plutonium mm. which is deadly to human life for 250,000 years to say nothing of the fact that it's just a shade short of being weapons grade so any country that has a nuclear reactor is very close to being able to have their own nuclear weapons that's how india got it that's how pakistan got it
2: yeah yeah i'm i like i say it's back to the idea of proliferation what does that mean for the future Libby Halevy is with us tonight on Ground Zero talking about, well, Nuclear Hot Seat, her show. It's just as informative as it is here tonight. We're very grateful for what she's having to say about this new discovery they're saying about fusion and what it means for zero carbon emissions. <laughs> Nothing, actually. Anyway, five zero three two two five zero eight sixty or 866 Give us a call. Let us know how you feel about this topic. Very important topic tonight. We'll be back. Passseat.com. Lamee Halevy with us tonight on Ground Zero. We're going to go to the calls. 503-225-0860 or 866-536-7469. Let's go to Joe in South Carolina. Okay. Let's go to... We can't go to Joe? Uh, something's wrong with the phones. I can't go to anybody. That's kind of bizarre. The phones are jammed. Okay. We'll just talk to Lee B. then. We'll hope we can get to the phones because the phones have been jammed for some reason. We can't get to the calls. Try one more time. Oh, it's not connected. That's the problem. Okay. I hope we didn't lose everybody. I just saw that it wasn't connected. The computer just went down. So, okay. We're, we're back to uh, trying to see what happened here. But in the meantime, uh, we were talking with Lee B, and uh, she was telling us about how a lot of this, what we're, we're seeing with this uh, experiment, is while it's, you know, it qualifies as ignition. Uh, it, it qualifies as ignition, uh, which is a measure for fusion reactions at, uh, how energy went into the target compared to how energy was released. Uh, they call it a big milestone, of course. Uh, and I just, you know, I, I, I just, like I said, when I first heard about this, I was completely, uh, I was very, uh, skeptical of it. And the reason why is because of the fact that a lot of it sounds unbelievable. It's a, it's a completely unbelievable thing. But they acknowledge that it sounds unbelievable. But, I mean, what are we dealing with here? We I mean, at one level, it's about providing or at least proving what has been talked about, I guess, in science fiction movies. On that front, many scientists have said that this is a milestone in fusion science. But the results, of course, carry particular significance because it's designed to help nuclear weapons scientists study the intense heat and pressures and explosions and that it's possible only if the facility produces high yield fusion reactions usually we see the results of a nuclear explosion bringing that energy out and we see that in in the mushroom cloud but it takes a long time i mean they've been at this since the 1950s and it took more than a decade we we see to uh reach their goal they were i mean of course they were toying with it but we we kept hearing about what uh nuclear experiments going on at cern we keep hearing about uh you know the the idea of the hadron collider slamming particles together we hear of quark cannons we hear of possibly creating what would be a stable uh-huh, a, a stable black hole for uh, energy i mean there's so many things we've heard that of course sound so outrageous we've talked about them on this show and now they're saying well this stuff is happening this stuff is uh, the the buzz, the, the, the B's D's about future-powered, clean fusion energy. But, you know, I, I was thinking, man, it's ready to go. It's not. It's going to take a long time for us to, I mean, they didn't design this with commercial fusion energy in mind. And we don't know, and in fact, I think a lot of scientists don't know, they don't know if laser-driven fusion will be the approach that ultimately yields fusion fusion energy. But what this does is, if, if we were believing the science, what this does is it boosts confidence in the promise of zero emissions and clean energy, this laser fusion power, and it's there to open the door to program-focused energy applications. And so that is necessary. They have to show that they're doing this and that it's happening so they have the credibility to sell energy or to sell the idea to the public. So if we take a look at what Lawrence Livermore Lab has been saying, they said they don't want to give us the impression that it's going to change the grid. It's it's not how it works, but uh, apparently... Uh, you know, Kim said that, as she said, this is the fundamental building block of an internal confinement fusion power scheme. So there are many other fusion experiments that are going on worldwide. We mentioned uh, China. China's been at this for a while now. And uh, it appears that uh, the big challenge here is harnessing fusion energy, sustaining it long enough so it can power electric grids and heating systems around the, the planet. But like I said, that's easier said than done because fusion scientists have attempted to create reactions by essentially shooting high-powered laser beams at hydrogen atoms before, but they've struggled to reach ignition. So if the alleged breakthrough turns out to be true, then it would mark the first time researchers have been able to create more energy than they put in fusion reactions. So it's very, very, very curious because they call it the holy grail of fusion technology, despite the you know, there is some immense hype going on here. Um, there may be, I mean, yeah, there may be reason to celebrate, of course, but yeah, the, the most of what we are celebrating though may not be all that it's cracked up to be. And that's, that's the problem here. Uh, it's possible that they can take steps to reduce these risks that we were talking about early, earlier with, uh, Lee B. Uh, but we have to keep in mind The the battle to stop nuclear proliferation will not end with the discovery of nuclear fusion. What this is, is it will take on a new dimension because, well, like anything that becomes weaponized, it becomes a larger threat. Like I said, China was in the race for creating this type of reaction. Uh, About a year ago, close to a year ago, they actually had sustained nuclear fusion reaction for more than 17 minutes. So... We have a lot of fusion projects that are going on in the United States, the United Kingdom, and Europe. France is home to the International Thermonuclear Experimental Reactor on which 35 countries are collaborating, including main members China, the United States, the European Union, Russia, India, Japan, and South Korea. So much of the work happening in the United States is at the National Ignition Facility at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in California. And it's in a building that spans the size of three football fields. It's huge so the big challenge of harnessing fusion energy is sustaining it long enough so that it can power electric grids and heating systems around the uh, around the planet so this is a big deal but it's on a far smaller scale than what's needed to generate enough energy to run a power plant never mind tens of thousands of power plants that this is supposed to be running um uh, just a question: do We still have phones, or phones gone for the night? Just want to know. We do not have phones. Okay. Well, um, we are uh, coming to the end of the program, and uh, I just want to say that this is the first time scientists have ever successfully produced a nuclear fusion reaction. They're saying instead of breaking it, or you know, and and there's many more steps until this discovery can be commercially viable. And it's essential that scientists show that they can create more energy than they started with. Otherwise, it doesn't make a hell beans of, of sense to have it be developed. It doesn't mean anything to have it so hyped. Because scientists and experts now feed into our wonderment. Okay? And they need to figure out how to, how to do this right. And they need to figure out how to eventually reduce the cost of nuclear fusion so that it can be used commercially. And they have to harvest the energy produced by fusion and transfer it to the power grid's electricity. This is what they have. And it's a small amount of fusion. But they've been using it for many years. They kept it from the public. The timing is suspect. And I want to thank Libby Halevi for being on the program tonight. We're sorry that the phones had jammed and shut down. Maybe we did something to piss someone off as usual when we do shows like these that are very controversial remember in order to keep ground zero afloat please please subscribe to aftermath.media we do a lot of hard work for these shows and they're worth listening to again and using for research so please go to aftermath.media buy someone a gift subscription to the shows to the library at aftermath.media remember keep your mind where they can't get at it you keep it at ground zero good night everybody